You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. Everybody. Welcome to the Mandatory Samson Podcast. It's a little different way to start the show, but I kind of like it. I do too. You do? It. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a little more welcoming. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by my great friend, Joseph Noe. Hi, Joey. Hi, everybody out there. Uh, we're being produced by Evan. Evan, thank you for being here. We really appreciate your work and effort. What up? Thank you, Evan. <laughs> it's, that's all he says. That's what he says. And at the end of the show, I say, thanks, Evan. And he just gives me a little like, Merp, gives me a little <laughs> sh- hand, whatever, hand wave. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, we have a nice show lined up here today, I think. I, I was a little worried, I'm going to be honest, I, mm-hmm. during the week, uh, I was like, I don't. I feel like I don't have enough s- stuff to talk about. I, I don't think this is going to be a good episode. No, you know what? Totally incorrect. A lot of gifts. A lot of gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, maybe one or two for Megan McCain. Oh, nice. That we're going to play later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. uh, which is something you... I'm going to talk about the power swing in Canada. Right. That, that's exclusively a Joey Noe coverage, right? So this yes. is going to be interesting. Uh, I have some good information, really interesting information about ISIS. They have a, their budget. Mm-hmm. They have some leaked documents about ISIS's budget is out, which is very cool. There's a new whistleblower on drones, which we're going to get into at length. The Intercept put out a nice, um, a nice. They put out a pretty extensive piece about, Article. yeah, uh, you know, based on this whistleblower's information and some leaked documents. We have a little bit. I'm just going to touch on it, Israel and Palestine, because I just wanted to kind of make a comment about that. We're not mm-hmm. going to get too deep into it, but that's fine. Uh, Bill Maher. A good Bill Maher clip about mass shootings. Okay. Uh, he makes an interesting point. I feel like my energy is weird. Let me, let me say this, a little behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. My goddamn computer, when I put it on here, it was working fine all week. Put it on the screens doing this like weird shit. How would you even describe it, Joe? I don't even know what it was doing. I, I, I would say it would be like a, a line that would cut the screen into like two halves of different colors. It, it kind of fools with the eye a little. Yeah, and then it and then it also would like ghost the words of my email when I was looking at it, which was pretty confusing. But then we played a clip, uh, and it started working all of a sudden. So, all right, whatever. So my, I was in a weird headspace. We got the Bill Maher thing. He talks mm-hmm. about mass shootings. He has an interesting theory that I'd like to just you know listen to, and we can talk about it. Uh, Twenty sixteen update featuring, like I said, a splendid Megan McCain clip, and then I have a thing to talk about alien structures possibly in space like a mega structure aliens that's awesome it is awesome first we're gonna get into the joe biden stuff before we do any of that i wanted to say this got a tweet uh from our friend asar levin asar levin i'm not sure how to pronounce it on twitter i appreciate it he's he wanted you to rap did he really you didn't check that tweet i did check the tweet and i actually have something to uh to rap about are you fucking kidding me i was gonna give you a week's notice but that's impressive no i i tried to come prepared today wow i'm stunned by this information all right so just hang tight we're gonna sit on Uh, that yeah we're okay cool yeah because i was just gonna bring it up and see if you wanted to do it next week but great okay I also got an email from uh, Dre. I'm not going to say his last name, but he, I talked to him all the time on email. He sent in some, some like a preview of the GOP debate, which is next week. Oh, nice. So we're, we're going to have coverage of that next week, obviously. 
it's not going to be I can't do it uh, to the same extent that I've been doing it but mm-hmm. because I just think the episodes maybe are a little too long I'm going to I'll cover it we're going to trim it yeah but we're just going to trim it down a little bit but anyway but Dre emailed that he possibly just saved us all the time in the world he gave us what he thinks each candidate is just going to talk about at the debate and then we don't even really have to watch it so that's interesting so we'll get to that in a second uh, also th- th- this the Mets yes they were going to the World Series yes they are which is exciting good for them uh, I'm happy for them I can't wait to start watching the Mets. Yeah, I know. Well, you got to get on that bandwagon. A I'm going to hop right on quicker. there. Uh, we, we had a bet, I feel like, like way earlier yeah. in the show, like third episode even. That yes. I, look, I'll you admit mistakes. It. Well, I said I didn't think the Mets were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Tell me I'm right. You were right, Joey. Thank sure. You. I mean, I, I'm a bigger man because mm-hmm. I'll admit that. And I'll say this, I was just 100% wrong. That's all. Like, they're not only do they not make the playoffs, they're actually one of the two best teams in baseball. So Yes. Good for, good for the Mets. So I'll, I'll say that. You're impressed. Uh, I'm very impressed. All right. And Daniel Murphy is very happy with you. Yeah, well, that guy's having a fucking historic postseason. We got a tweet from Stina Remo, obviously a big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. She, I, I'm not going to get too much into what she sent. It was an article from Vice about these surfer guys from Malibu. Okay. That I'm not, I'm not going to get into it because we might talk about it next week because it just is ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous story, but we didn't have time this week to get into it. All right. Do you want to hear what Dre had to say about? Oh, and you have a fuck up of the week yes. at the end of the show, right? All right. Do you want to hear what Dre had to, well, his predictions for what he thinks the GOP debate is going to look like? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. He sends me an email. He says, okay, I was bored and wanted to save my friends some time from watching the third installment of the most hilarious shit show this lovely nation has ever seen. I took the liberty, ha, puns, puns everywhere. It's not really a pun, buddy, but I get what you're doing, of making a list of what each candidate will probably say so we can all avoid watching and get on with our lives. Let me know what you think and if I'm missing something, how the next GOP debate will go. Mm -hmm. He says Donald Trump He's just going to say China in all capital letters. He's just going <laughs> to yell China, which he might. The Chinese, they are, they are pillaging our economy. I'm great. Everything's gold. Uh, Fiorina, Steve Jobs is my BFF. I was an amazing CEO. Terrorists are everywhere, even in Denny's. If you don't vote for me, the Democrats will roast babies over a campfire because Planned Parenthood did 9-11. I always like when people say did 9-11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like it's, oh, he did a bad 9-11. Uh, Star Spangled Banner softly plays in the background while someone offstage releases an eagle holding a baby swaddled in an American flag, holding a Just for Kids Bible, repeatedly uses the words innovation anytime she can. That one, I think, is probably accurate. Yeah. I mean, I think he nailed that one. That That's pr- pretty close. Carson, if one person rushes a gunman, he can't shoot all of us. Bible stuff. Okay, that, that's what he thinks mm-hmm. Carson's going to talk about. It says, P.S., I'm actually just quoting scripture to hope you idiots will fall for it and look past the fact that I hoard myself to the campaign rhetoric and turn my back on all the scientific progress and success my life was driven by. I separated conjoined twins in the womb. But if you want me to quote stuff from a book written by sheep herders, well, okay. That's Ben Carson. Meanwhile, I said that a lot faster than Ben Carson ever would have said. Oh, yeah, that would have been like a little... It would have taken days to get yeah. through that. Uh, I separated conjoined twins might even be slower than that in the womb but if you want uh jeb bush you guys i'm not like my brother you are like your brother you're both dummies meanwhile can you have you been paying attention to this all week that they've been arguing about 9-11 yes and iraq and everything george w bush did not keep us safe on 9-11 he blew it he blew that one and then he made a lot of big mistakes afterward going to iraq doing all the Mm -hmm. stuff like 
in no way did he keep us safe. That's just insane. He, in fact, he kept us less safe than almost ever any other president ever. So, how would you want Jeb to to do it? Step away from the the brother incident? Absolutely. Uh-huh. I don't think that's gaining him any traction. He should just be like, "Look, I'm not." I read an article too. Stop saying my brother. Stop calling him your brother. He's an adult. He was the president of the United States. Say George W. Bush. My bro- if he wants to say my brother after that, fine. But call him by his fucking name. Be like, he's his own man. Mm-hmm. I'm my own man. He made mistakes. I'm not punishing him over that, but he made mistakes that I definitely wouldn't have repeat. I wouldn't have done. Say that. What the yeah. fuck difference does it make? He's already been president. His career's over. Throw him under the bus a little bit. It's all good. If he's your brother, he'll understand. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He's just happy to be out of there. Huckabee. I had lunch with Jesus yesterday. He told me to tell you that he cries every time a baby's aborted. I feel really bad. I agree. I think that's similar to what Huckabee might say, if they even let him talk at all. Rubio, I don't know if you know this, but my father was a bartender. How many times does he say that, you think? He says it every time I've ever seen him talk. They ask him anything. They're like, hey, what do you want for lunch? Like, I'd like a club sandwich like my bartender father would have served me back in the day. Ted Cruz, seriously, guys, I'm not Canadian anymore. Uh, You are still Canadian, you fucking Yosemite Sam weirdo. And then... He says, all in unison, did we mention we loved Israel? Because we do a lot. We would convert to Judaism, but God would send us all to hell. So, Yeah, we can't go to hell. That is why they love Israel so much. It's because of the Christian conservative thing. Like They they need to be in that land. So when Jesus comes back, they're ready to go. That's the only reason they love the Jews so much and they love Israel. Yeah. For real. That's really what it is. They don't care. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Dre, you did a nice job with this. I really appreciate it. I don't think we need to even watch the debate next week. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a great debate. It's going to be good. I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'll definitely have coverage next week. Who am I kidding? I know I will. Uh, All right. So very good. Thank you for that email. I appreciate it. If you guys want to email anything, anything like that, you want to be funny, you want to try to get on the show, mandatorysampson at gmail.com. That's perfect. All right. Oh, you want you have to rap, correct? Yeah, so you want to do that now? I don't know. What it, let's save it. I'm just going to drop it on you at some point. Okay, so show. you drop right. it on me when, whenever you want. All right. You. Yes. Tell me about Justin Trudeau, the brand new leader in Canada. Okay. He is. He just won the election. Yeah. You got any background on this cat? I'm yes. sorry. I cut you off. Just got. He was born in 1971 during his father's first term as prime minister. However, he took. He tried to stay out of the public eye. At, at, a, at a dinner in 1972, Richard Nixon predicted that young Justin would one day become prime minister. Tricky Dick Nixon yes. predicted that? Wow. Yes, he did. All right. Was he just blowing smoke up his, his father's ass, you think, Pierre Trudeau? I believe he was, but it turns out that he was right. He, well, Nixon, look, I'll tell you this. Nixon never told a lie. Never did. He knew what he was talking about. Go ahead. Growing up, he tried to stay out of politics. He earned a degree in education from the University of British Columbia and had been a drama teacher. He was a drama teacher? Yeah, drama teacher. See, that'll help you. Being able to pr- project like Trump. That's the thing. Trump's an entertainer. Trudeau, a little bit of an entertainer then if he's yes. a drama teacher. Go ahead. In 1980, um, sorry. In 1998, he becomes a spokesperson person for the avalanche safety after his brother Michael was killed in British Columbia doing a ski trip. Okay. I, you know, can I say this? Yes. Uh, it's good that you gave a little bit of his background mm-hmm. here. What I needed from you yes. was what his policies are, how it's going to affect Canada. Do you have that? Yes, I do have that. All right. Well, then by all means, please continue, Joey. I, I'm just trying to give a background where no, it I shows it. that this is not your everyday candidate. Sure. Well, f- forget candidate. 
uh, elected leader. Yes. In 2000, he was praised for the eulogy he delivered for his father's funeral, which was televised nationally. Sure. So, you know, he steps into the public light. Then he becomes a member of parliament in 2008, reelected in 2011, and becomes the majority leader of the Canada Liberal Party. Right, in 2013. Right, so this guy's this guy's very liberal. Yes, I mean, yeah. All right, good. So the party gained an extra 14 seats to bring the total to 184 seats out of 338 in the House of Commons. Okay. Now here is his policies. Oh my god, the computer screen got fucked up again, Joe. It happens. Got a serious problem here. So they're going to legalize marijuana based on the system in Colorado. Really? That's yes. an official. It's, that's an official thing they're going to do. It's an official thing. He's, he's going to give it the old college try. Well, that's a very smart move, and high probability we're going to be recording the next episode of the Mandatory Sam's Podcast from Stand Up New, New York Labs, Vancouver. Uh, nice. <laughs> tax increase on the wealthy. Anyone making more than $200,000 is going to be a tax increase. How much? 200000 Above 200000 is yes. going to get a tax increase. Eh, all right. Tax cut for the middle class. I don't have a figure on that, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be modest. Right. The party plans on paying for infrastructure by running deficits for three years. Right. So right. that way they can spend on the deficit. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, that's always an argument that people make like, oh my God, all the debt. Yeah. Why don't we run up a little debt on shit that we actually want and need instead of like a pointless war all over the place? Like, there's there's always that argument I feel like from conservative people where they're like well, if you were running a house you know would your household have debt yeah of course because yes. I fucking got a car and I sent my kids to college and I had to buy a refrigerator because it broke and Chris needs a new computer like mm-hmm. yeah of course you're going to run up a little debt for shit that you actually need in your day to day life you don't just do it on pointless crap no good now the only thing a few people do feel strongly about is he is for the Keystone Pipeline yeah he, here's I was reading about that, right? Yes. It seems like he probably won't. Th- there's a couple of different steps that have to take place in order for the Keystone Pipeline to actually like be implemented. Mm-hmm. Seems like he might not be taking those steps, but right. But that's something we keep our eye on because that's not a, a legitimate thing to be doing. Another major issue is they Canada plans on taking in more of this. Cyrenian refugees, Syrian yeah, thank refugees. You. I was gonna, I was gonna kill you for yes. saying Cyrenian. Uh, <laughs> the magic right number right now is twenty five thousand. Right. All right. Well, that's a that's a good number. Um, a huge, huge thing that was all over the news is he has not given a timetable, but he is going to be withdrawing the bombing against the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria. Yes, which is what I was just going to bring up. Yeah, which is good. Yes, get out of there. What do you? What do you? There's no. Yes. Smart. Good move. You know, it's really interesting. You've seen a lot of these like pretty liberal. I mean, France has a socialist leader, Hollande. Now you get this guy liberal in charge in uh, England. I can't think of the guy's name right now, but they just elected the, for their uh, Labor Party, super liberal socialist. Like, it'd be nice if we get Sanders in there. We'd have a nice trifecta. Yeah. No. Well, that'd be a quad. Quad factor. Quad factor. Nice. Uh, he announced that his cabinet is going to be 50 male and 50 female. Very progressive. That is progressive. That's cute. Fine. I don't have a problem with it, but it's like, all right, why don't you just make sure, instead of worrying about getting 50-50, it's like, why don't you just make sure you get the most qualified people in there? Not that I'm saying that you can't have 50 women that are super qualified and 50 men, but like, all right. Okay. And most importantly, he's already been talking to Obama on the cell phone. 
Turns out called that o- him on the cell phone. Turned out that Obama teased him that his grade wasn't uh, his grade wasn't his hair wasn't great yet. Yes. But he'd probably get some quite soon. You're gonna go great. You'll start smoking in the rose garden when Michelle's away. Justin Trudeau. Nope. Nope. That's a good Obama. Evan? You've been working on it. I've been working on it a little bit. Sure, yeah. One of the quotes I did enjoy, he said back in 2008 at 36 years old. Smoking that good reefer up there, drinking maple syrup. I've never been in... (laughs) You're not going to acknowledge that? (laughs) Well, I'm trying to give a presentation here, and you're kind of... Your hair is going to fall out. You know what I'm going to do when I get out of office? What? Go back to Chicago. Hang out with Oprah. Go to some Cubs games. The White Sox. Eat deep dish pizza. Hang out with Malia. Sasha. May I end with a fantastic quote that uh, Justin gave? Never talk about Putin again. All right, Obama, you're freaking out. Obama. We beat fear with hope. We beat cynicism with hard work. We beat negative, decisive politics with a positive vision that brings Canadians together. Most of all, we defeated the idea that Canadians should be satisfied with less. Terrific. Yeah. I mean, it all sounds good. I'll tell you this. I've heard a lot of people. See, now these are all positive things. I think it's good. Yes. I like that he's a liberal leader. I've heard to an extent that he's not a genius, this guy. That he's like not the brightest bulb all in right. the whatever parking lot. You know? There's a bulb in a parking lot? Yeah. You know, like when you go down at night. I thought it was sharpest like tool in the night. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to figure it out. He's not the fluffiest marshmallow in the bag, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. I don't think it, it – he'll be good. I think it's fine, especially after Harper, very conservative, like a big problem there. So good. Okay. I like the the change. And maybe mm-hmm. if it goes well there, we'll see kind of like a spark in the United States. Yes. Too. People might be interested because Hillary's, like we talked about, a moderate. But it'd be mm-hmm. nice to get Bernie in there. I have a 2016 update at the end of this thing. It's going to be Hillary. So Okay. And Bernie's done, I think, as, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no. Yeah. Here's another thing. You read, so you did a good job with that. That was All the right, idea with that quote. I think you did nice. Uh, I have Joe Biden, which we said on this show, I think, a number of times. He's not going to run. Yes. We, we talked about it over and over again. Do you want to hear a clip of Joe Biden announcing that he's not running for president? And then we'll, uh, we'll kind of talk about it. Yes. Okay. As my family and I have worked through the... Uh, the grieving process, uh, I've said all along uh, what I've said time and again to others, uh, that it may very well be that that process. Uh, he says he he annoyed me with the way the amount of times he said uh, throughout this thing. He's like, my family. Uh, but this is a very sensitive issue. You he, know? he seems so relieved. He doesn't seem sensitive about it at all. He's just like, he just wants to make sure he says the right God. thing. Doing the right thing, Joe. Come visit me in Chicago. Uh, by the time we get through it, uh, closes the window on mounting a realistic campaign uh, for president, that it might close. I've concluded it has closed. Bo, uh, Bo is our inspiration. Unfortunately, he's dead. I, I, we watched what we watched no. before the show. No, no I, Bo Biden was a good guy. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah, when I, the first time I heard it, I was like, "Wow, he left that hanging in like a weird way." Like Bo inspired us. Fortunately, Bo died, so we can't run for president. He says a different sentence there. I'm just kidding. God bless you, Bo Biden. And actually, this is the clip that we played that fixed my computer screen. So, big up, Bo Biden. All right. I believe we're out of time. The time necessary to mount 
a winning campaign for the nomination. But while I will not be a candidate, I will not be silent. Nice. I intend to speak out clearly and forcefully to influence as much as I can where we stand as a party and where we need to go as a nation. I believe that President Obama has led this nation from crisis to recovery, and we're now on the cusp of resurgence. I'm proud to have played a part in that. This party, our nation, will be making a tragic mistake if we walk away or attempt to undo the Obama legacy. All right. That's graceful. Joe Biden leaving the, uh, you know, just basically announcing that he's going to be out of politics. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, he's going to make comments and stuff like that, but he's not going to be running for any office or anything. What do you think, Joe? I think this is good. My main concern is what becomes the super PAC without the candidate? What do you mean? He, Biden's got a super PAC? Yeah, apparently it? John <laughs> Cooper was okay. the national finance chair at Draft Biden 2016. Right. So I kind of wonder if they had amassed any funds, and if so, well, what happens to them now? Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know. There are specific rules about what you are allowed to do with that. Um, I'm not sure, honestly. I think you probably can can pay people back i mean th- there's different things that you can do i'm not sure why don't you look into that okay how about next week yes. you tell me what happens to super PAC money like when a when a jim webb drops out or when a whatever whoever when somebody name, drops out yeah you tell me where the money goes okay okay yes make a note of that i really I'm want doing you to it do right that. now you're the man okay um all right very good so joe biden's out we said he wasn't gonna run we were accurate about that and this to me helps hillary and we'll get to that towards the end of the show Listen to this. This is very interesting stuff that I, I saw. A newly leaked ISIS documents make public, made public by Ayman al-Tamimi, a fellow at the UK Middle East Forum, who is currently based along the Syrian border, detail income and expenses between December 23rd, 2014 and January 22nd, 2015. So okay. this is ISIS's money, like where they're getting their money, what they're spending it on, all this stuff, which is very interesting because I think it's telling then about the strength of this organization. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always we're, not we are always worried, but I think there's people that put out the idea that ISIS is somehow a threat to the United States, imminent threat that they're going to be here and they have people sneaking all over the place and they're, they're doing this and so that. So let's see how much money they have to play with. ISIS has $8 million in this time period. They made $8 million. For, now, that's not a ton of money. It's, I guess, a lot of money for a. It's not a lot of money even for a terrorist group. I don't think. I just think that's like a nor- That's a reasonable amount mm-hmm. of money for them to have, considering the amount of of access they have to oil and things like this. We break it down even further. Forty five percent of that eight million dollars came from confiscation. So let me guess. Someone didn't go to a prayer meeting and they took stuff from them. Yeah, if your yeah. business exactly so like if you if your business uh, isn't isn't doing x amount of things or you missed going to to the mosque or whatever mm-hmm. three times a day, yeah, if you get if you get in trouble with that, they take your shit away, they take your business oh. away, they take your stuff. They also steal stuff from refugees trying to flee certain areas of Syria, and they're like, all right, we'll let you go if you give us all your money. That's insane. 45% of that? 45%. It's $3.6 million. Other sources include trade, Mm -hmm. taxes, and oil sales. I have a quote. Oh, let me read this. 63% of ISIS expenditures, $5 million, goes to military salaries. All right? So just people that are fighting for them get most of the money. 10% on a police force, which is the people that are doing the, the... 
confiscation. Mm-hmm. Uh, two million to spend on bureaucracy, healthcare, and social services. Which is funny. They're giving they, out healthcare. I mean, how, what what kind of healthcare are they really giving? Good out? point. Okay, L- listen to this quote from Ayman Al Tamimi. He's the fellow at the. Uh, the Middle East Forum, who helped leak the documents. He says, if you miss prayers three times consecutively, then you're going to get your shop confiscated. If you transport banned goods like cigarettes, they're going to take the money you are carrying. Isn't that hilarious? A group that will, will lock a person in a cage and set them on fire is like, you shouldn't smoke. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not good for you. It's against, well, it's against the yeah. law. Oh, is it? Uh, the document really undercuts IS, IS propaganda. Seeing that they get the plurality of their income from taking things from people, that doesn't put the group in a very good light, amongst other things, like drowning mm-hmm. and, and you know cutting people's heads off. David Butter, which is the best name of all time, uh, a Middle East energy, economics, and business expert, says, if IS had capital, manpower, and know-how, the oil fields could be quite profitable. But that's a big if. I wouldn't be surprised if they're selling off the oil at the pump head to traders for as little as five to ten dollars a barrel. Now, oh wow, right in Syria, they're estimating that ISIS has access to like forty-four thousand barrels of oil a day, which could be like four million dollars daily. But the documents say that ISIS is only pulling in like sixty-six thousand of that four million dollars daily because they don't know how to handle it, they don't know where to put it, and like this guy saying, they sell it off five to ten just from the pump. Yeah, which is absolutely idiotic brigham young political scientist quinn meacham has been working to quantify isis's state capacity which is like an official term they that we use to measure the effectiveness of a government like their their ability to not very operate as a government well isis is the number 16th most failed state in the world all right so they're not the worst by far they're not the worst so so right now they're beating 15 other states right okay now, according to Business Insider, it's a 2013 list, but I figured it's pretty, you know, it's realistic. The number one failed state in the world is Somalia. I mean, they literally don't have a government; they have nothing going on there. All right, so ISIS is doing better than Somalia, mm-hmm. like way better than Somalia. The Congo, Sudan, those are the top three. Okay. All right. Other ones on the list that fall before and after ISIS, I just grabbed them because they're they're obviously names that we know: Pakistan, Syria, North okay. Korea. They're on the list, so ISIS is in the mix. With a lot, ISIS in the mix might be the title of the show. Okay, they're in the mix here as like a a a, a, a state that's semi legitimate, but they're pretty much a failed state. Um, let me see. I kind of lost my train of thought here. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, I have another quote. This is Ayman Al Tamimi again. This is on their oil profits. Popular conceptions of IS income need to have a more sober and realistic perspective on the role of oil and gas revenues. A sounder estimate would put such income at no more than 5% to 10% of the 4 million daily estimate. So ISIS, while they're good at doing a couple of things, they're good at propaganda Mm -hmm. and they're good at being barbarians, basically, right? As far as actually, because their goal is not to scare americans it's nice but that's not what they're they're trying to do they're trying to start the caliphate they want a state that's what they Mm -hmm. call the islamic state they want to have a region build an actual environment where people can live inflict sharia law whatever they want to do and they want to have a caliphate that's what they want to do based on this information it doesn't seem like they're really good at that no they're not even close no and especially when they could be making four million dollars a day they're not doing that. They're only making eight million dollars in like a you know a year period, basically. They could be making a ton of money. They could have billions of dollars if they were doing this. They're right. not business savvy. They're not business savvy, but they're also 
does it seem like the type of group that you're going to be willing to work with? Even even no. if you're, you know what I mean? Right. It's stealing shit from everybody. Well, forget that. But they're just not a, they're not a reasonable bunch. That's, that's the problem. Right. So yes. th- that is always going to be their problem. So unless they're going to tone it down, it seems like they're just going to be in this kind of limbo state of like, yeah, we're kind of a state, but not really. And eventually it's going to, it's going to fall apart is really the point of this, you know, this budget. It's saying like this only, there's only so much stuff you can steal. Yes. So unless they're going to figure out how to actually operate the oil fields and do this stuff, it's not going to work out. And over there, if you got a coalition or something and someone took a walk over to the oil fields, you might be able to cut down that $8 million by a lot. Well, cut down the, the portion from the oil profits a decent amount. You're saying like sabotage the oil fields? Yes. Like yeah, of course. I mean, that's like cut your nose to spite your face type stuff because like we still need oil. Mm-hmm. But, but right. I mean, down the road, sure, that could be something that eventually happens. That's always what happens when... You know, uh, when we invaded Iraq, they started burning the the oil. Why? Because that's why we're there, and that's like a big source of income. You know. But anyway, this and that find it interesting, right? Because yes. it seems like ISIS is this big threat, but it's to me an overblown threat. Basically, it's just forty five percent of the profits come from being a bully. Yeah, right. Because they can. Who they can just steal your shit. So that's what they're going to do. Now, listen to this, the drone papers. This mm-hmm. is something that I found really interesting. So The Intercept, which is a great website that we mention all the time, Glenn Greenwald, and specifically on this, Jeremy Scahill, who's a phenomenal foreign you know, affairs, foreign policy, whatever, journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out last Thursday, The Intercept released an eight-part report called The Drone Papers based on documents by an anonymous whistleblower outlining the Obama administration's drone missions between 2011 and 2013 terrific that there's another guy like this out there putting out papers mm-hmm. and i think you're going to start to see this happening more and more it's snowden it's the snowden model it's, i mean it kind of started with chelsea uh, manning mm-hmm. julian assange and all this stuff followed up by snowden daniel ellsberg with the pentagon papers okay this is great that this information is out there there's a lot of key revelations that came out and i have like more detail in the email that we'll read how the president authorizes targets for assassination assassinations rely on poor intelligence strikes kill more people than just the intended target unknown killed or quote enemies killed in, in action regardless of whether they were actually fighting or not that's oh. just the designation they get no the number of people killed is an alarming number and geography shapes the campaign net meaning in afghanistan and iraq and where we actually have our quote at war or in a mm-hmm. war zone you're able to increase the number of drone strikes infinitely you can you can be much faster than you would in a place like somalia where we're not really fighting a war but we're kind of over there like killing random Mm -hmm. al-qaeda people all right let's read some of these quotes now i also want to say this no you know what i'll save that okay so this is just like a little more detailed and i think it's important that it puts it out there now i didn't synthesize the entire you know report yes there's a lot of papers yeah it's a lot to read so go on if you go on the intercept or you just search for the drone papers the intercept it will come up and you can check it out if you want to read it in more detail but this is just like a little bit about it just to give you an idea of what type of information they got and the tenor of the whistleblower because i have a feeling you're probably going to find out who this guy is eventually right it seems like that's sort of what happens all right How the president authorizes targets for assassination. When someone was destined for the kill list, intelligence analysts created a portrait of a subject and the threat that person posed, pulling together, quote, in a condensed format known as a baseball card. That information was then bundled with operational information and packaged in a target information folder to be staffed up to higher echelons for action. 
on average, it took 58 days for the president to sign off on a target, one slide indicates. At that point, U.S. forces, excuse me, had 60 days to carry out the strike. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. The other, the interesting thing about this is that a lot of this shit comes with, it's in slides. That's like the information they get. Like all the Snowden stuff came out in these sort of like PowerPoint documents that they just pieced together and like, boom, this is hmm. an official policy and that's how they do it. By the way, if I'm stumbling a little bit on the reading, it's because the computer's doing that bullshit again. So I can't really see what I want. Yeah. Uh, assassinations depend on unreliable intelligence and hurt intelligence gathering. And this is all interesting stuff because it's, it's stuff I guess you believe about our programs. Mm-hmm. But when you actually have somebody that dealt with them and was involved in it and is telling us, like, no, 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 this is actually how it works, yeah. it's a totally different ballgame, which is why it's important. I'm going to try to read it off the TV and see if it okay. works. Assassinations depend, oh, like I said, assassinations depend on unreliable intelligence and hurt intelligence gathering. Quote, it, meaning metadata he's referring to, requires an enormous amount of faith in the technology that you're using. This is, this is a direct quote from the whistleblower. There's countless instances when I've come across intelligence that was faulty. It's stunning the number of instances when selectors are misattributed to certain people, meaning different bits of metadata. They think it's you, but we're sitting next to each other. So they, it's me that they're trying to talk about. Oh, okay, gotcha. it's Okay. Uh, and it wasn't, let me see, misattributed to certain people. And it isn't until several months or years later that you all of a sudden realize that the entire time you thought you were going after this really hot target, you wind up realizing it was his mother's phone the whole time. Wow. Now, why would that be dangerous? Because if they're trying to kill Joey and they end up killing Joey's mom, that's not the person you wanted to kill. That's an innocent person. Not that it's even clear that Joey did something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But okay. Strikes often kill more than the intended target. Obviously, yeah. we, we've talked about this a, a ton. A special operations campaign in northeastern Afghanistan, Operation Haymaker, show that between January 2012 and February 2013, U.S. special operations airstrikes killed more than 200 people. Listen to this. Of those, only 35 were the intended targets. During one five-month period of the operation, according to the documents, nearly 90% of the people killed in airstrikes were not the intended targets. That's way too high. That's crazy. And this is, and he makes the point at the end, and I have his quote, but it's like this shit is being done in our name to, quote, defend freedom and, like, protect it. Is it really doing that? If you're killing – what is it actually doing? If you're killing innocent people, mm-hmm. mostly – in the name of freedom and it's like this united states blah blah blah. what what is the the reaction going to be on that side are they going to be like well they made an oopsie or are they going to be pissed off at the united states and it's probably going to breed more resentment and hatred and the ability it's going to breed more resentment of course so clearly now there's a direct quote about that anyone caught in the vicinity is guilty by association when a drone strike kills more than one person, there is no guarantee that those persons deserve their fate. So it's a phenomenal gamble. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we were being to just put? We don't put ourselves in that shoe often. Mm-hmm. Imagine it the other way, because we have this kind of like illusion of safety where no, this could never happen here. But maybe down the road it could. If that was happening here, where they were trying to kill quote bad people in mm-hmm. the United States, if they were trying to kill. Um, I don't even know what what kind of example. So the DC sniper or whatever. They're trying to kill the Dylan Roof. Okay. Okay. Say some other country knew that they that Dylan Roof was going to go shoot up a church. So they wanted to come over here and drone strike him. 
they kill him, but in the process, they kill a hundred other people that just live in South Carolina. Are we going to react positively to that? Would that be like uh, just absolutely? We'd go. Bananas. It should be a major issue. It'd be a major issue, but because it's happening over there, where it's like ah, whatever. They're they're a failed state. They're we're at war with them. It's fine. We killed fifty people. So what? Ninety mm-hmm. percent of the people we kill is an accident. They had nothing yeah. to do with that. It's fine. The military and this is what's really fucked up. This one to me, obviously, getting killed is not great. But mm-hmm. this one to me speaks volumes about the policy. And this one bothers me probably on a. Just on a human level more than anything. The military labels unknown people it kills as enemies killed in action. Unless evidence posthumously emerged to prove the males killed were not terrorists or, quote, unlawful enemy combatants, EKIA remained their designation. This is a direct quote. The process is insane, but we've made ourselves comfortable with that. The intelligence community, JSOC, the CIA, and everybody that helps support and prop up these programs, they're comfortable with that idea. That's fucked up. Yes. And it's also partially what's going on when people went to Guantanamo Bay. It's that same mentality. Mentality, And that's what's interesting when you see documents like this and you get a firsthand account from a whistleblower. You, it's not – all these things are not in a bubble. It is the policy. It is the mindset mm-hmm. that is taking place at the highest levels of our military and in our government. And it's devastating. It's bad. It's a bad way to go about – handling our business when you're going to look at anybody that we accidentally kill as well they must have been an enemy because are they really going to go back and try to do research and try to figure nope. out of course not no nope. it's really well how do you feel about that i mean it's it's it, absurd right i it, mean it's totally absurd the the one thing i th- fear that it's even more absurd is the fact that the word assassination has been changed to target killings targeted killings yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, it's the same, right? Of course, because we can't actually say what it is. War, it's not torture. It's an enhanced ter- interrogation technique, mm-hmm. right? Th- yeah. That's what we do, and that's 1984 shit. We can we can pretend that like you know when uh, Hillary Clinton gets up there and she uses you know newspeak kind of shit. Yeah, that is a little bit, but that this is way more insidious, and this is way more like 1984, where they they just change. We're not assassinating people. No, it's just what what is it? What is the word? Oh, it's a targeted killing. Yeah, targeted killing. Sure. Okay, we'll just change the name of it. We don't mm-hmm. like the way it sounds, but if we change the name of it, then we can, just, okay. we can justify doing anything. Now, I just have a couple of quick quotes from the source, and we can move on from this. But I'd, I'd tell you guys, you should go check this out, obviously, because this is uh, just as important as any of the other leaked information that comes out about the NSA and things like this. It gives you a fuller picture of what's happening in the upper echelons of government. Mm-hmm. That I don't think we're probably comfortable with. We don't elect these people. We elect people that are supposed to have control over them, but clearly they don't. No. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really worth checking out. This is what the source has to say on how analysts view targets. They have no rights. They have no dignity. They have no humanity to themselves. They're just a selector to an analyst. You eventually get to a point in the target's life cycle that you're following them. You don't even refer to them by their actual name. This practice, he said, contributes to, quote, dehumanizing the people before you've even encountered the moral question of, is this a legitimate kill or not? Now, clearly that's – what What else does that remind you of? We were just talking about him uh, a f- the last couple of weeks, Shakar Amr in Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. He's afraid that when he goes back home, he won't even respond to his name or be called daddy because people are calling him 239 over and over yes. again. What, what? Why do we keep seeing this over and over again? Is it – is it little accidents here and there where this happens? No. Yeah, it's designed. This It's designed. This is the overarching way that the military works, which is why to have this 
crazy idea that somehow military action is always going to be the thing that solves problems. No, these people go in and maybe it's not even the soldiers doing extent. You got to assume it's a percentage of them. It's probably not all of them, but it's people that are doing military planning, which is even more dangerous. They don't look at the targets as legitimate people. They just look at them as selectors, like he's saying. Mm -hmm. And so that trickles down and that's a huge problem. And it's across the board, the source on program impact. All you have to do is take a look at the world and what it's become and the ineptitude of our Congress, the power grab of the executive branch over the past decades, it's never considered. Is what we're doing going to ensure the safety of our moral integrity, of not just our moral integrity, but the lives and humanity of the people that are going to have to live with this the most? No, we're not doing that. And that's a great point. I like the way that he put that. Look at this. Look at the state of the world. Mm -hmm. The United States, I think, there's a tendency to, to – put an imaginary fence or a big, beautiful fence with a little hole in the middle so good Mexicans can travel here. Uh, there's a tendency, I think, in the United States to put like kind of a bubble around the United States and look at the rest of the world as like, ugh, look at the fucking problems they're causing. Not realizing or not acknowledging the We're fact, doing as much damage. Well, we're, we have our hands in the cookie jar. Like, if we're really the superpower that we claim to be and that we're the, the, the policemen of the world or whatever it is, that we're sort of this force out in the world, which we are, and the world is fucked up and getting kind of more fucked up in terms of violence and unrest and, you know, not being civilized. Who's who who would have the most influence over that? We can't take ourselves out of the equation. We do take ourselves out of the equation. We're like, those animals over there are the problem. We're fine. We're America. We're free. We're mm -hmm. a democracy. We're not a democracy. We know that we're not really free. And apparently we're out in the world just killing indiscriminately targets, not even human beings, not even knowing what, what their deal is. That's a great point. I love that. Look, take a look at the world and what it's become. Yeah, we have a huge impact in that. We mm -hmm. are the biggest influencer in the world, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the one interesting thing I found was that in 2012, Obama had authorized 16 people in Yemen to be uh, targeted. Right. Authorized 16, but yes. how many people got killed? Don't know. <laughs> right. You Too don't many. Know. Yeah, way more than that. Um, right. This is 2011 to 2013. There's been no slow up in the drone process. You know, we talked about this, too. It wasn't drones, but it's airstrikes in Afghanistan where they hit the uh, Doctors Without Borders and mm -hmm. stuff. Like. It's the same mentality. Why does that shit keep happening? And that was the collateral murder video, which really opened my eyes to this, that Chelsea Manning, you know, leaked those documents mm -hmm. to WikiLeaks. That video, man, just shows... Uh, I, I don't know if people watch it. You should go watch the collateral murder video. But basically, they... The U.S. is flying over a part in Iraq. They see a couple of guys walk into a van. They're like, they must be. They, they're trying to get confirmation of who they are. Are mm -hmm. they insurgents? Whatever. They don't really get confirmation on that. They fire on them. They get the okay to fire on them. They do. A few, few of them get killed. A few of them start like crawling away from the scene. And people come over to try to help them. And they fire on those people, mm -hmm. which is fucked up. Then you fast forward a little bit. More people show up with children there because I guess they have their kids with them. They're trying to help the situation and they fire again mm -hmm. at them and they're like, well, you shouldn't bring kids to a war. Like, are you crazy? That's not a war. This is where they live. They're trying to help they're that. But it's the same mentality yeah. and you just keep, keep seeing it being played over and over again. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that's the, that's the reality. Final quote, the source on the possibility of stopping the program. The military is easily capable 
of adapting to change, but they don't like stopping anything they feel is making their lives easier or is to their benefit. And this is certainly is, in their eyes, a very quick, clean way of doing things. It's a very slick, efficient way to conduct the war without having to have the massive ground invasion mistakes of Iraq and Afghanistan. But at this point, they've become so addicted to this machine, to this way of doing business, that it seems like it's going to become harder and harder to pull them away from it the longer they're allowed to continue operating this way. And obviously that would be That's the truth. That's so true. Right. Uh you got any fun? That's it. I mean, that's as far as I have to, to say about that. Obviously, if you guys want to go check it out more, go for it. But I, I'm actually shocked that Obama is this uh, relaxed using this method. Well, yeah. But I guess if it saves troops and you are, quote unquote, making America safer, <laughs> is it? Is well, it isn't a, that the bigger question, right? Yes. It's like, is it? I don't, I don't it, Is it worth it the collateral damage? Yeah. I mean, that is, a, well, and. You know, based on his policy and the way that this has been playing out, yeah, to him, this is probably the better way to do it than to have troops there. I think a lot of people would agree with that. The problem is, like I'm saying, you see the systemic mindset that takes place. And also, like he just pointed out, once you start this thing up, it's going to be very hard to stop it. And what happens when there is some kind of invasion here? Or something takes place closer to our border. Like, are we just we're just gonna have drones flying all over the place, which we know we're going to. Mm-hmm. But but I think it's gonna be this prevailing mindset of like, well, that's just how we do business now, and that's gonna be a serious problem. And the other thing that freaks me out is the collection of the metadata. Because yeah, if well, they could do it over there, they can show us how to do it over oh, here. And we know they're doing it. That's the thing. Put the picture together. Like all of the stuff that we're doing overseas might be getting done at a at a at a more intense rate. But it, it was tested here, and it's been done here. We we saw it with, with the Snowden leaks. That is the reality. Like, and you're absolutely right. If, if they're doing it there, mm-hmm. rest assured they're doing it here to yeah. some extent. Be wake up, America. Be be aware. And the only way we're going to find out about this stuff, I mean, of course, you've heard drips and drabs about the drones, and you know that people get killed. Mm-hmm. But the the whistleblower really puts the the full picture together, and it's it's a much scarier and much more realistic picture when. You know, you have extra information like that. So when this uh, whistleblower is going to be named, do do you think he's going to have immunity and be protected? Or do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I think he's probably going to be welcome to Uh, like a national hero. uh, Or do you think there'll be a drone strike maybe accidentally? Yeah, I mean, well, it's amazing. I mean, it's interesting that we, I mean, who knows whether he's going to be named or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be up to him uh, unless they figure out who he is, but it'll be up to him. Yeah, I mean, I know you're joking, but right, yeah. I mean, that possibility always exists, sure. Mm. And that is the scary thing about drones. Like, if we're really going to just let that be the policy, what would stop them from accidentally, I'm doing air quotes, killing Snowden at some point? Mm -hmm. Or doing anything? You know, it's like, he's an enemy of the state, I guess, right? You could just say that. Yeah, by definition. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, by the state's definition. Um, All right, anyway, so that's that's that story. Now, I wanted to get to a little bit about Israel and Palestine because – to put it in the d- dumbest possible way, shit's really popping off over there. Mm-hmm. And you, you like that? Is that r- ridiculous? Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to... Since October 1, there's been 40 dead Palestinians, two-thirds of which are between the ages of 18 and 22, which, wow. great, that's not going to engender any kind of uh, real hatred and animosity. No, not the young, educated people. Oh. Or la- kids well, lack can't of get an education. When we talked about it in MSP, I want to say... Yeah, 46, 
where Gaza is going to be unhabitable by 2020 because of these rampant conflicts and their education and food and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, nobody has jobs. Nobody can work. Yeah, I'm sure killing, you know, uh, a bunch of people that are at that age, that, that's not going to spark more violence against you. Seven dead Israelis, uh, mostly because of stabbings. That's sort of been the the mode du jour. Uh, that's something they need to stop doing. Who the Palestinians? Yes, yeah, I, have I to think. Stop yes, I think killing be, people because it only helps support the Israel side of the argument. Yeah, yes, it does. However, it's like chicken and the egg. Like, what came from? Are they just stabbing people randomly, or is it because they're basically in like a prison camp? Uh, you know, that's true too. In we, their own country, know. but okay. But the, the stuff we're going to get into, I just want to put these facts out. More than twelve hundred injured Palestinians now. This four-week uprising, it's been about four weeks, they're calling an uprising of Palestinians kind of doing these attacks and retaliation Mm -hmm. against Israeli aggression and different things like this. Is this the third intifada, the third like official uprising for the Palestinians? I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on that one way or another, but it seems like it seems like it's inevitable that this is going to be the type of thing that's going to happen, right? I mean, yes, with the escalating tensions and all. However, all it would be to their benefit if it they, was who, the Palestinians. The Palestinians, yeah. if maybe they took a little time to cool off, <laughs> yeah, get level-headed and go. The only way to achieve this is a hundred percent non-violent tactic. Yeah, sure. I mean, yes, of course. Ideally, that would be the the way to go about it. The problem becomes. Israel is encro- is is building settlements in the West Bank, which they're not supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. They said they wouldn't. They are. There. Uh, yes, peace would be the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. The problem becomes when you have a very undereducated, uh, hungry, poor, no chance of survival type of situation. It's very difficult to be peaceful. Yeah, to be peaceful. It's very hard to get people that are in a desperate situation to be to to force the people. That's the other thing. People that are being forced into a desperate situation to be like, you're the ones that have to show the restraint. I want to say this. Don't confuse criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism. It's a frustrating thing because I feel like that's the same thing. It's not the same thing. It can be the same thing. I'm not denying that there are people out there that just hate the Jews because that's their mindset. Of course, those are not the people that we're listening to, and I'm not one of those people. I rumors are live with a Jew, <laughs> uh, right? So it's yes. like I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm not. I'm not putting that out there. The problem becomes though when you can't look at Israel and go, "Listen, you're the power here. You're the one that's in charge. You yes, you're being. You're having rocks thrown at you." Sometimes they launch missile strikes. The percentage of people that get killed or injured, and I'm not saying that's good. I'm not defending that. But I understand to an extent why that would be happening from a small group in Palestine, why they would be trying to come after the power that is keeping them down, which is Mm -hmm. what they are doing. Israel, in my opinion, and it's always going to be my opinion, Israel's burden, the burden is on Israel to fix this situation. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to be the ones that are going to have to make the concessions. They're going to be the ones that are going to have to stop escalating the violence, stop with the dangerous rhetoric. And I have a quote by Bibi Netanyahu that is a is is exactly what I'm talking about. 
very dangerous that we're going to play in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's not, and it doesn't help the situation. It doesn't help means. the situation at all. And also, when you talk about this, like, very fervent right-wing warmongering, like, we're Israel, we're going to stand up to everything, we're going to kill. Okay, that's that's the drumbeat of war. And mm-hmm. you're asking, you're asking for some kind of retaliation. You're asking for some kind of violence. Because if you're talking about people in Palestine as, like, these animals that are just, they're violating all the world. Well, then they're going to start acting like that eventually. If you, if you tell somebody that enough times that there's somebody, they're going to prove you're right. Exactly. So th- that's what I want to put out there. But, I, but it, it's not you are, we should be allowed to criticize Israel. We certainly are. And it's also dangerous when we talk like we talk about all the time. There's these like evangelical people and people on the right, especially are very and not to say that people on the left aren't like constantly talking about how we were friends with Israel and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course we are. I don't even remember where my point was going to be. I don't remember. Can't I don't remember where I was one. going. No, it's fine. It's the okay. uh, the one thing too, I wish they would stop doing is destroying mosques and trying to build temples. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help the, the situation. That's at what I'm all. saying. That's like strange, aggressive shit. That like, if you really, because if you really, if you're not just paying lip service to peace mm-hmm. and you want an actual solution and you don't want your people to be living in fear, which of course they shouldn't be, and and you want it to work out. Then stop doing these sort of, and not even sort of these these like real uh, overt signs of aggression and like not treating Palestinians like people. It's it's a fucking issue, we, and I get it. It's mm-hmm. a frustrating thing probably to have missiles and shit shot over into your territory, but you have Iron Dome, you have a ton of money. Not a lot of people get killed. It's it's such a less problem on the Israeli side as it is on the Palestinian side, and it's going to be up to Israel to make to make the situation work. Because once I'm sorry, but once they do make these concessions and ease tensions, and I have a Rand Paul clip that we're going to play mm-hmm. actually, which I really appreciate, where he gets into this, but. Once you get to a position where you do that and you make these concessions and then the attacks keep coming, then fine. Then you're working from a, from a justified place. But until that happens, yes. you, you can't claim innocence when you're really being aggressive. Well, the other thing that's interesting to me is the fact that there's 1.7 million Palestinians who are carrying card Israeli citizenship. Yes. So what yes. determines 1.7 that seems like a lot of people to me that you're going to accept why not accept everybody else absolutely i mean and that's that's also part of the problem I, I was reading that there's been a huge crackdown of those people that live in israel they're not letting them do certain things they're they're revoking their ability to work in certain mm-hmm. areas and this like that's that's yeah. I was gonna, I, I'm very loath to to like make compare whatever. I'm not even gonna say what I was gonna say. But the point is like, I think Jews, particularly people in Israel, understand what it's like, or should have some kind of insight into being persecuted mm-hmm. for being who you are. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that there's a, a little bit of a history. That's a valid point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you're it seems crazy that they can't step out and they, I'm saying like the leadership in Israel, that they can't step outside of themselves and look and go, oh, we've put a group of people, a race of people mm-hmm. in a in basically a, a prison camp. Yeah. You don't see kind of a parallel between you shouldn't be like maybe a little sensitive to that fact and understand why they'd want to rebel against that situation. It, it just seems foolish. And, 
you know, I'm deliberately dancing around, you know, saying what the thing is because we're going to have a clip of mm-hmm. uh, Netanyahu saying it. But let me play this Rand Paul video real quick because I think he's making a lot of sense and I think it's important for a guy like Rand Paul, somebody on the right at least, to to make kind of points that he's about to make. So let's listen mm-hmm. to this Rand Paul thing and then we'll wrap up with the uh, the Netanyahu stuff because it's, uh, it's a little bananas. Rand Paul, Senator, thanks for staying with us. The violence in Israel only seems to be getting worse. If you were- hate you, Jake Tapper, hate you. We're president right now. I don't now. know why I hate him, but I do. Now, how would you respond and try to de-escalate tensions? You know, it makes me sad when I see the violence, and it seems to be sort of never-ending violence. I traveled over to Israel a couple of years ago, and I went with high hopes that I would discover what everyone else had missed over there. That I was so smart that I could figure out the Middle Eastern problems and tell them how to make it better. And I came home maybe a little disappointed. You know, I'm a physician. I always want to believe that there's an answer or a diagnosis and an answer. We should send Ben Carson over there. He'll figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> Basically, what I would tell them is, why don't you share the land? Thanks. No, oh, no, that's, that's not good... what he tells them. He tells them how to rush the gunmen. Basically, what I would say is, stop. No, because, it, well, he doesn't. He can't give the same advice all the time. Basically, what I would say is, why don't you, Palestinians, why don't you just stay over there? And Israelis, why don't you stay over there? And then maybe we'll stop fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Great call. The only thing I came home, I think, maybe understanding is that maybe there isn't an easy answer, that there's not going to be a grand sort of bargain and all of the violence goes away. But I do think that part of the answer is maybe incremental change. And I think Israel holds a lot of the cards. And I don't fault Israel at all for how they defend themselves or what they do. They have to do what they have to do. But I think if you want to look for incremental change over there, it's not going to be a grand peace uh, process. It's going to be incremental change where maybe there's more trade. The the West Bank has allowed a little more autonomy with trade, maybe a little more control. The uh, tariff fees that go in and out of the West Bank, little things like that. Maybe eventually allowing Gaza to have a port, maybe under the joint authority of Israel and others. But it has to be those incremental things. But it's not like tomorrow someone's going to end the violence. But I think incremental improvement in the well-being of all those who live in the confines over there mm-hmm. is going to be part of the answer. But it won't ever be a, a complete, you know, sharp demarcation that this is the final solution. I, I agree with them. A poor choice of words saying final solution. But I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Also, That's and, what we're talking yes. about. Right? I mean, and something they should do is in good faith. Yeah, but that and that's part. But that's part of the problem when you have this like hawkish dude like Netanyahu. There is no such thing as good faith. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen because his his brand is, you know, attack attack. He's yes. not like that type of guy. He's not going to do that. Um, he he's always pounding on the drums. I get it. Yes, he's beating the drums of war repeatedly and firmly. Uh, Israeli leaders blaming Palestinian leaders for inciting violence. Palestinian leaders say. Look, all these young people stabbing Israelis, stabbing Jews is a result of decades and decades of no hope and people living under occupation. What do you think? I don't think there is an easy answer, and it's hard for me to actually know the truth of everything. We can see on the news, and there's probably both sides to things. But I think it's not my role or the role if I were president or as a U.S. senator to say to Israel or to say to those who live in the West Bank that I know what's best for them. And I- See, but I dis- I kind of disagree with that. If we're going to pay for a lot of this shit, like we, meaning the United States, is mm-hmm. going to give Israel a lot of military aid, we are like – I. it's always the phrase ironclad relationship with Israel. 
if Israel's going to go to war or something like a real war, mm-hmm. this isn't to me. This isn't a war. This is them attacking uh, a you know a group that they control. If they were going to go to war with Iran or something, like we're in, we're in with them. Mm-hmm. We do have a place that say you got to fucking stop this. You have to Absolutely. stop this. And I I don't know if those convers. It seems like those conversations don't happen. It seems like uh, supposedly Obama and, and Netanyahu do not have a good relationship. Maybe that is why they don't have a good relationship because Obama's like, you need to stop doing this shit and Netanyahu refuses to do. But the, the United States has a place in the, in this and it's to temper Israel's response to this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how to behave. Ultimately, peace has to come from those who live there. I think we can encourage both sides to talk, but I don't think we can ultimately. It's always been said America is going to be part of the, you know, getting the peace plan. Really, ultimately, it's going to be those who live there who have to come together for peace. Yeah, ultimately, but obviously yes. the United States is going to be involved in that. I, I feel the stabbings have done the Palestinians a huge disservice by far. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. I, I agree, but but what do you want them to do <laughs> at a certain point? Like, I'm not justifying them stabbing. Of course, I am not justifying that at all. However, you get it. Yes. You get what's happening. I get to a certain extent. This might be a controversial position. I get to a certain extent why there are terrorists, why ISIS gains popularity. We've, like we said, we stir the drink in the world. We've fucked you up. You caused the hatred. For tons of years. We didn't cause it, but we've, inf- we, yeah. to, a, to an extent, we've caused it. There's always going to be people that are erratic. I'm not like defending terrorist ideology and like radical whatever. Of course, there's going to be people that are going to rile themselves up. However, I understand, yes, that the United States has acted like an instigator for, in a lot of ways, drones, Guantanamo Bay, torture, all this stuff. Same, same scenario here. I'm not defending the stabbings, but I, get, I fucking get why there'd mm-hmm. be anger and why at the end of the day you have this fucking rage in you and you want to go shove some steel into somebody that you hate. That makes sense to yeah. me. Not to me. You know what I'm saying? No. It's like I can fucking wrap Want my head to deduct why, why another individual would do such a thing. Of course. And it's, it's foolish and it's ridiculous to pretend like you don't get that. You, get, you do get that. Um, let's close with this. Now, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is Netanyahu talking about the Mufti of Jerusalem. The Mufti of Jerusalem is a guy who uh, is – he's like an Islamic scholar that basically controls how – Muslims behave in Israel. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like he kind of he kind of like sets the rules and like. So he's a leader. Yeah, he's like a, a de facto leader, but he's like a more okay. of a scholar type of guy that like would refer to Sharia law and be like, "Well, this says this." And so he's like. a thinker. Sure. Well, whatever. Okay. You want. okay. So this is Benjamin Netanyahu talking about the Mufti of Jerusalem, and people took umbrage to this, and I think it's uh, rightfully so. Other attacks on the Jewish community in 1920 and 1921, 1929, were uh, instigated by a call of the Mufti of Jerusalem, Hajamin al-Husseini, who was later uh, sought for war crimes in the Nuremberg trials because he had a central role uh, in fomenting the uh, final solution. He flew to Berlin. Uh, Hitler didn't want to uh, exterminate the Jews at the time. He wanted to expel the Jews. And Khajamin al-Husseini went to Hitler and said, if you expel them, they'll all come here. Meaning to like Palestine and mm-hmm. Israel, whatever. So what should I do with them? He asked. You said, burn them. Okay. So some people have accused 
Bibi Netanyahu of uh, trivializing the Holocaust because he's saying that like Hitler wasn't even going to kill the Jews. Like, yeah. listen, Hitler wasn't going to do anything until the Palestinians, the Palestinian guy was like, you should burn them, which I have a couple of quotes. And these are to me, this is this, this ends just this. hatred and lies. Well, Dan Mitchman, the head of the Institute of Holocaust Research at Bar Ellen University and the head of the International Institute for Holocaust research at yad vashem which is the holocaust like memorial museum center in israel which mm-hmm. is like the authority on the holocaust you know like yeah. information okay could not be a higher position uh, he says while hitler did indeed meet with the mufti this happened after the final solution began so hitler had already started exterminating Jews even before they met okay professor dina porat who's the chief historian at yad vashem again pretty high authority here she says you cannot say that it was the mufti who gave hitler the idea to kill or burn jews it's not true their meeting occurred after a series of events that point to this all right so we so got two people very high this yeah, strong authorities on this thing like who you'd go to like hey i have a question about the holocaust that's who you'd go ask so okay that's that's partially what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like is that helpful in this conversation no, no. but why say it because that's that's him. That's, that's him. He's he's it, this this guy's like if Cheney could just stay in office for forty years. Okay. He Netanyahu's been involved in Israeli politics for decade after decade after decade. He's always involved. He's been prime minister now for whatever I guess eight years. He's been in for quite mm-hmm. a while. He's always been there. He's had a few different stints. So it's just like if you let the most like right wing guy be there for 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 decades the policy is going to tend to yeah toward that yes. right and that's part of the problem so i wanted to put that out there good now we have the bill maher clip we have a 2016 update we have your fuck up of the week mm-hmm. and you're gonna wrap yes now oh wow <laughs> come one come all welcome to the election time for natural selection we have Jed Bush. Please excuse me while I smoke some kush. We have Donald Trump. Bush's campaign is a dump. These two losers aren't going to heaven. I hate when we invoke 9-11. But as always, we come back to Iraq. Bush looks like he's in insulin shock. Well, maybe he just needs an electrical shock. Trump might, need, Trump might be the preferred stock. Trump gets under your skin. I hope you can take it on the chin. You better call your next of kin. Oh, burp, burp, burp. I don't have the sound effects today. <laughs> because your brother has the original sin. Trump is a clear front runner. Bush should get Austin 316 to give him a stunner. Bush ain't no gunner. I would be so good at the military, your head will spin. Let me tell you, I'm a really smart guy. Ah, oh, damn it. That was, you know what, Joey? Evan, what'd you think about that? It was good. That was rock good. solid. You know, I wish you ended on a rhyme. You, you said guy, but I do like you sort of did like an eight mile type of thing where you were like, bah, 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 my T-shirt's too tight. You know, like that type of thing with the uh, I'm going to be so good at the military. Very good, Joey. I'm very yes. impressed. So, uh, Osser, how do you say your name, sir? Osser Levin. Anyway, thank you. I appreciate the suggestion. That was great. We should have you rap more. Okay. That was solid. Thank you. I like the Samsonites, the nobodies. Let me know what you think uh, on the SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. leave a little comment there tell joey did a nice job very good thank I'm you very impressed you want to listen to this bill maher clip now this is part of his new rules thing this is from last week at All the right. end of the show he'll do to me it's sort of like a, a little bit of a stand-up bit kind of like okay. where, but but he, he kind of talks at length about whatever topic he feels like talking about it's like a three-minute clip and i thought this was interesting because 
it resonated with me. I go, that makes a lot of sense. It's not something that you hear talked about with mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Like it's something we kind of assume, but it's not something that's actually put out there as like maybe a cause. And I think he's right. I, I think this this definitely plays a part. And I just found it interesting. We can talk about it kind of free form, and then we can move on. But uh, this is Bill Maher talking about perhaps a, a reason why these mass shootings happen, the, an underlying cause that we don't usually talk about. So let me let me uh, cue it up. Oh my god, it's it's computer so fucked up, Joey. <laughs> Can that be a title? And finally, New Rule, <laughs> Americans have to make a list of all the reasons we've heard over the years why young men with guns use them in mass shootings. Things like violent video games, poor mental health care, bad parents, Marilyn Manson, lack of prayer in school, Prozac, bullying, and that time the president got blown and didn't go to jail. <laughs> and then we have to get real about what it really is. They can't get laid. Yes, they may have been on Prozac because they were feeling blue, but do you know what else was feeling blue? Their balls. <laughs> now, as the details... Of- oh, that's Larry Lessig, by the way, if you guys are watching uh, YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. I put up all the full episodes, and I am really excited. I, I made a new intro uh, part. Oh, nice. That, like, matches up with the music. It's, it's pretty cool. So if you guys want to check it out, this would be the week to do it. It's very, very fun. Uh, Larry Lessig sitting there. He was on Bill Maher this week. He's a uh, he's out. As I I, I supported the idea at first, mm-hmm. he came across like such a dunce. And he also didn't. He remember he was going to like run on one policy and then yes. resign if if they got enacted. He was like that was stupid. Like no, I'm not going to do that. He's just he he blew this. So he blew. Okay, he blew it. All right. Merge about our latest American massacre this month at an Oregon college. The least surprising thing was that the shooter wrote a manifesto and said he was going to die girlfriendless and a virgin. On a dating site called Spiritual Singles he was on, he described himself as a conservative Republican who lives with his parents. And swipe left. <laughs> For my money, this is the best part of Bill Ma- I mean, I like the conversations, but like, this is what he's really good at. Like, mm-hmm. I like these. What, Joey? I felt sad for the guy. I... Joe, he's a murder. Well, nah, Evan, yeah. uh, make a note. We're going to clip that and we're going to just play it on a loop. No, uh, uh, there's never any reason to go do something. But I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. All right, of course, you. right? He, but he, yes, but you could feel bad for him before he went out and murdered yes. a bunch of people. Ever. It's not the sole reason, but I just think it's you know, obviously he's joking a little, but it's kind of an mm-hmm. interesting point. Well, we'll talk about it. Yes. Next, so let's just finish the clip. The shooter at the UC Santa Barbara tragedy last year left us with these words. I've been forced to endure an existence of unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. I've never even kissed a girl, and I will punish you all for it, which is either a cry for help or the worst eHarmony profile I've ever heard. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm looking at this kid. He's a little effeminate, but he's got these, like, big lips. He's got good hair. He's in a BMW. He looks nice. Like who? What, he. It's how, not. How do you know that's a BMW? Because I know from the shoot. I've seen pictures. I know oh. he's sitting in like a nice car. He, okay. He's like a rich kid. He's just like a psycho. Oh. But okay, so he couldn't get laid. But that's not because he wasn't like attractive or had money or whatever. He's just out of his guy. He's a lunatic. Mm-hmm. That's his problem. Uh, but he clearly should be able to, unless he was gay or something and he didn't know it. I don't know. There's always factors. I like that Bill Maher's putting this out there. It's an interesting... An interesting spin on it, yes. The Virginia Tech shooter 
was accused of following and harassing female students. Timothy McVeigh famously never had a date and almost certainly died a virgin. The Sandy Hook killer left a document on his computer explaining, quote, why females are inherently selfish. Yes, plainly because they won't give it up to a real catch like that. (laughs) This is a pattern no one is talking about. Mass killers are almost always male and almost always women repellent. And what must make it even worse for them is America. Yeah, because if you live in America, it just looks like everyone is getting laid all the time. Every corner of social media is full of bragging studs and sexy selfies. Every other line in every sitcom is sexual innuendo. Every billboard, pop-up, movie, Carl's Jr. ads are practically softcore porn. A model deep-throating a hamburger? Right, like models eat. (laughs) Applause break, Bill Maher. How can you not be thinking of sex? All- that Dolce Gabbana one, like I've seen that before, that just looks like that chick's about to get gangbanged. For 100%. Yeah. Did you see it? Can you go back? Yes, Joey. Joey's slowly masturbating. Hold on. Wait. How could you not? Uh, relax. Because we're, we're here together. You don't have to do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. I mean, it's like... It ex- sends the wrong message. Well, it doesn't send the wrong message. It just says, like, look, if you're going to buy wear some Dolce Gabbana shit, you're probably going to have to sleep with these four brothers. <laughs> not, they're not black. I just They look like Italian brothers. Mm-hmm. Be thinking of sex all the time when advertising looks like this in America. Burger King ran this ad with a woman who looks just like an inflatable doll opening her mouth to accommodate a new menu item called the Super 7-Incher. <laughs> With the big letters, it'll blow your mind away. I don't don't know for a fact that no man in history has ever said, sex, 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 that's all I ever do. Where's my gun? I'm mad at the world. I just know it's true. Unrealized adolescent sexuality can be very dangerous. Just ask my hand. That didn't deserve an applause break, I don't think. We need to wake up and smell the testosterone. The reason behind so many of these tragedies has been right in our face, throbbing angrily. And if you think young men in America are throbbing angrily, what would you estimate the sexual frustration level to be for a young man who grows up only ever seeing women who look like this? And, of course, he's showing women in the Middle East that mm-hmm. are wearing the head-to-toe, like, black... I'm not sure what it's called, burqa or whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's, a... it's at least an interesting point, if not a reasonable one. Or this. How do you even masturbate to that? It's a nice shade I of I know blue. masturbation yeah. requires imagination, but that's ridiculous. Um... All right. I, look, I'm putting it out there because I think it's... A, I liked what he had to say about that. It's interesting. You got mm-hmm. thoughts on this? I, I find it very interesting. I wasn't aware that a lot of the mass shooters fell into that uh, category. Right, where they just absolutely ne- like don't talk to women or whatever. Sure. Right. Now, there's obviously more than one factor there. Mm-hmm. Is that why they're, they're out there killing people? No. Is the fact that they are eventually going to be out there killing people partly the reason why women are not attracted to them? Yeah, probably, right? I mean, it's all, again, it's like what comes first. However, you got you you can't take it out of the equation. It obviously is something that um, joins them. 
The only thing I would find interesting um, would be if they had the case file, like if any of these people was seeing a, a mental health professional, right. if we could get into those case files to see if that is indeed what is actually happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think be, you... Be, because, right, right. because other way, it's just speculation and yeah, oh, of course. so then, yeah. Well, right. And, I mean, and then you can make a joke at it. Yeah, but I mean, all of it is speculative. That's the thing. Like, what, why, why event? Because there's plenty of people that aren't getting laid or are getting laid as much as they want or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Not all those people are going out to to kill people or they have these crazy ideologies. It seems like a combination of things. It's a weird ideology. It's that they're not they don't have friends either. It seems like they're sort of these kind of like weirdo like loner people that then don't have girlfriends that are potentially have a legitimate issue with that is not being taken care of or is being treated incorrectly. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of different things, but I think it's interesting at least that he puts it out there that that could be part of the equation. And I like that he kind of coupled it with, right. This kind of sexual frustration or whatever, um, leads people to be maybe a little, have a little more rage or whatever, mm-hmm. be a little more upset. So it's just an interesting thing. I, I wanted to put it out there. Feel free to agree or disagree. That's fine. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I do have to say that, I really had no idea that was uh, in case, especially with McVeigh. Right. I didn't know that either about McVeigh. Yeah. It's um, right. And that's not something they're going to talk about on the news. I feel like they're not going to be like, by the way, Timothy McVeigh never, never uh, got married. You know, it's like they don't, they don't include that. It's part of it though. Uh, Okay. Are you ready to get on to a 2016 update? Would you like to do a fuck up of the week? What would you like to do, Joey? Let's do the fuck up of the week. All right. Sure. Please, please get into it by all means. We're we're wrapping up. We're doing a little bit of a quicker uh, episode this week. I feel like because we next week's probably got, as much as I'm going to try is going to be a little bit longer with the debate. And we've been doing like two hour plus yeah. episodes. It's fine. We'll we'll keep it a little shorter this week. Go the ahead. fuck up of the week is from Texas A and M University student who posted. This is not a joke. Don't go to campus. Wait, between never ever start a tweet or something with this is not a joke. If it's a joke. <laughs> yes. Never do that. It's a terrible idea. This is not a joke. Uh-huh. Don't go to the campus between 7 and 7.30. This would be my only warning. Oh, my God. The message was posted anonymously on the service Yik Yak, which I've never heard before. Yik Yak is a, uh, yeah, it's just like a, me- it's whatever. It's a messaging service. So it turns out that the police department was able to obtain an emergency subpoena and uh, to Yik Yak to get the cell phone number. Right. The post... Good. It was posted at 3.40 p.m. Okay. okay. The perpetrator, Christopher Lewis Banos Garza, 21, was arrested at 6.54 p.m. on college campus at John O. Blocker Building. If convicted, he can face up to 10 years in prison and $10,000. What was his... So he's being convicted of what? Making like a terroristic threat yes, or whatever? Like, which is a third degree felony. Okay. What Was he actually trying to do something or was he fucking around? I think he was just fucking around because I thought he assumed that because it was anonymous. So stupid. Nothing is, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yes. I mean, learned- if, if this one episode teaches you one thing... Please, nothing is ever anonymous. Right. If they want to get your fucking information, they're going to be able to do it. And we know that they do have it. Uh, they, like the government, yes. NSA, whatever. Well, that's stupid. Okay, so, I mean, good that they were able to ca- get this guy, because if he was serious, then fine. They Maybe they stopped something. But, yeah, well, don't do not do that. That's a bad move. And the interesting thing, that too. That is a fuck-up of the way. That yes. is a true fuck-up. The Texas AM police yeah. tweeted... A picture of him with news release, terroristic threat case, 15, 10, 20, 
arrest made for social media threat. So there you go. Yeah. Twitter just as it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, there's a fine line here, though. To me, that's an imminent threat. Like, don't go on campus. Something's going to happen. Yes. Okay. It becomes dangerous, though, if he made a, a comment of like, I'm I'm so upset, like, I could do something crazy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. th- that to me seems like a specific, like, don't go on campus between 7 and 7.30. Something bad's going to happen. I'm warning you. But if he makes a tweet where he's joking, like, I'm going to lose it today. Don't go. I will stay away from campus. Like, what's the what's the line? What's the line? Know? Yeah. And Evan, you could jump, jump in. Probably that saying to. that this is my only warning. Right. Right. But but I'm saying, like, where they were able to get a subpoena from Yik Yak and now they can go find this guy and, like, get yeah. his name. Like, where's the where's the line? How do you, you got any thoughts about that, Evan, or no? You don't have to jump in. I was just saying if you had any thoughts about it. No thoughts. No thoughts. No, this kid's just clear, clear-minded, mm-hmm. like Ramdas. Um. All right, pretty good. I like that fuck up of the week. Thank you. Uh, you want to get to this 2016 update? Yes. So, pretty big week. Uh, maybe I don't know. I just have a lot of information about the 2016 update. Actually, terrific. Do you want to get to this Megan McCain clip first? Yes. I want to say this. I've mm-hmm. Megan McCain has been on my radar for many years. She has been on Rachel Maddow's show a couple of times talking about gay and lesbian issues. Fine. She's open-minded as far as that's concerned. She is, to me, extremely irritating. A lot of what she says is goofy. It just doesn't make sense. And the only reason that anybody allows her to go on television and talk- Can I guess? Please. Senator's daughter? Yeah, it's because her dad was once locked in a uh, you know a, a wooden cage and tortured in the jungle. That's why they allow Meghan McCain to go on TV and talk. It's not because she's a genius. It's not because she has any particular brilliant political insight. It's solely for that reason. I also, if I can find it, this is crazy. She posted. I, I like really. I, Meghan McCain's been somebody that I've paid attention to for a long time because it's like. Uh, it's like when your tooth hurts and you kind of like flick it with your tongue. You know yeah, I mean? but it's, it's always like, there. But you yeah. like doing it because it's like it hurts, but it's a, it's fun. She is that person to me, like one of those people. She posted a blog post years ago or something about like why I like L.A. and New York, like a list. And like if I can find that, I'll read it next okay. week and we can make fun of Megan McCain over it. But anyway, she drives me crazy. Let me play this. Uh, let me play this clip. This is her on Stuart Varney, who's a guy on Fox or whatever Fox Business. After the debate, so this is Megan McCain's like thoughts about the debate, and it also starts with a Donald Trump clip, which is just fun anyway. All right, so Trump, go. Varney, McCain, let's uh, let's crack into this. It's fun. To politics, shall we? The entertaining side of politics. <laughs> Donald Trump taking aim at Bernie Sanders. Roll that tape. He got a nice applause line, but in the end, I think he gave up a very powerful point. And it almost looked like maybe he doesn't want to win because that was a very, very powerful thing to give up so easily. Talking about Bernie Sanders, obviously, with the the email thing. Mm -hmm. Poor woman. She's got to give everything away because this maniac that was standing on her right is giving everything away. So she's following this socialist slash communist. Okay, nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to say it. First of all, he is a socialist. Uh, and he's not a communist. So that's all. Nobody's mm-hmm. saying it because it's just false. Yes. It's true and false. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not endorsing his language, but you've got to admit it's entertaining, isn't uh, it? I'm endorsing it. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she makes a, uh, 
a sudden appearance on the set. This is, ladies and gentlemen, Fox News contributor Megan McCain. I'm endorsing that. I, I know. <laughs> I hear that. I you just said that. We heard you the first time you said it. You said it exactly the same way, twice in a row. It was so good. It killed. She's I'm, telling it. I'm endorsing it. <laughs> I really dislike Meghan McCain, and it's going to become pretty obvious. Just play the clip. This. All right. Hear that. Now, the first part of what Donald Trump had to say. Uh, here's why I don't like her. Yes. Here's why I don't like okay. her. But aside from I don't agree with a lot of what she's saying, there's plenty of people I don't agree with that I can listen to, and they don't, they don't bother me. Is it the voice? It's a little bit her voice, but it's also that she gets this platform. She has a platform. She's going to be on all the shows she wants to be on. She can talk whenever she wants, and she uses it to say nothing. That's what really drives me crazy. Hmm. You're in this position. Make something of it. Have a political opinion. Really do some re- – it's just – Noise. No, yeah, it's noise. High-pitched fucking noise. Meanwhile, yeah, fine. My voice is annoying. I've heard that before in the comments. Not as annoying as Megan McCain. You guys can suck it. He says that, look, he threw, Sanders threw the debate to Hillary Clinton, and she ran with it. I don't know what I was watching on Tuesday night, but it wasn't a debate. He handed the nomination over to Hillary Clinton, quite literally held her hand uh, in the biggest scandal, talking about the biggest scandal that he could have really gone after her about, which, by the way, did anyone forget there's still uh, FBI investigation going on? What she did is illegal. She's not a queen. She's not above the law. And he's saying Americans don't care. Americans care. uh, We'll stop it right there. 52% 52% of Americans believe Benghazi committee is about Hillary, not about finding the facts about Benghazi. This is a Monmouth poll. And 59% agree with Bernie that they're sick of hearing about the damn emails. So Meghan McCain, factually incorrect, saying that Americans the 52 care. 52 is, uh, so that's not a little. 52, 59, it doesn't matter. It's still more than, a, more than half. Plus, if you're really talking about it, it, it's probably like 20% answered like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is he, is Sanders, really? Meanwhile, did Bernie Sanders throw the debate? No. We watched the debate. We did a, a serious, in-depth uh, discussion about the debate. His answers were what his answers are. Yes. That, that is who the guy is. He represented himself That's his well. policy, which he stuck to this entire time. Right. He didn't throw the debate. What, what, a, what a fucking, that's what I mean. It's just like, what a dumb, she just got, I'm going to say whatever. Like, no, you can't just come on and say whatever. You can, I guess. You can if you're to, Megan. To Stu Varney, but it's, come on running for the presidency. Oh. Megan McCain, by the way, if you'd like to, you know, join us. I mean, That'd there's a awesome. seat sitting right across from me. Call in whatever you want to do. I'll treat you fairly. I won't I won't make fun of you. Is he a kind of a plant? I think he's running to be some kind of weird hipster folk hero at this point, and I'm not always a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> you know, you're just like Donald Trump, a, a weird yeah. hipster folk he hero. He is. He's a weird hipster folk hero. That's you a go Trump down, headline. Go down to Brooklyn. Go to Williamsburg. <laughs> you and I can go together. I'm sure we'll be loved down there. Uh, no, I'm serious. There's a bunch of hipsters that can't tell me where he's from or what he believes in, but they've got his T-shirt on. I, I can't stand it. I can't handle it. But I do. Uh, oh, Megan McCain can't stand it or ha- the handle it. From, from the great state of Vermont. Yeah, really? I, everybody Seriously? knows where he's from. Everybody knows he's a. You're, you, Vermont's like that crazy place. Everybody's happy. Yeah, you can't. You can't say that. He, uh, it, 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 <laughs> like that just drives me fucking bananas. Meanwhile, who's that for? That she's saying weird hipster folk. Here? Like that's for her conservative people her age or whatever that's resonating to her group of people that are like we're above it we're not some stupid hipsters from brooklyn meanwhile fuck off man like that that, that shit just drives me bananas but she's gonna call him some hipster folk here what are you what, what are you who are you trying to play to you're some kind of like right wing uh, Donald Trump. That's who she's playing to right now. Nah, she doesn't like Donald Trump. She's gonna. She's gonna say I like. Trump. She doesn't like Trump because if he was running against Daddy, if she was running against John McCain, she'd be livid at the divisive rhetoric of Donald Trump and call name calling. Meanwhile, 
because it's not that situation because that's what she did when uh, McCain was running against, uh, you know, whatever, Romney, you know, Romney or yeah, the other one. It, it's, you know, if if John waited his campaign till now, I think he would have won hands down. You think Senator John McCain would be the nomination? Yes. Be the nominee? I don't With, with I don't the other so. 15 individuals involved. He's an old uh, he's an old guy now. It's going to be very hard. Oh, you think he's too old? I don't I don't like him. I, he, I, he's a war hero. Why is he a war hero? <laughs> where, 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 oh yeah. What the fuck? I ju- that literally just came into my head. What she loves Trump all of a sudden? Trump claims that her dad isn't really a war hero. What a fucking fake phony bitch she is. That That's a just good point. Popped into, that literally just popped into my head. Thank you. Praise be Allah. That just came to my mind. Are you fucking kidding me? That's right. She's going to sit here and be like, I agree with Trump. I endorse him. But Meanwhile, he said stupid shit about my dad. Worse than anything anybody has ever said about him <laughs> in public where he's like, he got captured. He's a loser. Like, he's fired. Like, are you crazy? Wow. Wow. Unreal. Unreal. Yes. Breaking news. Breaking news. I don't always agree with Donald Trump. I think he's completely right. I don't think... Unbelievable. She would have a fucking conniption. Conniption. Yeah, because you would have brought it up if she was sitting there. Yeah, there's... Quick question for you, Megan. Yeah, she... Oh, God damn it. That's amazing. I can't believe it. It's too late now. Now she's not going to come on. No, now she... Well, I'd like to ask her about this. So let me get this straight. You, You don't always agree with Donald Trump. Meanwhile... Could you imagine if Obama at any point or Hillary or anybody was like, listen, I, I think John McCain is not a war. I like I like soldiers that weren't captured. Could you imagine oh, the, the backlash? Oh, this, she's willing to just sit there and swallow it. Mm. How dare you, you hypocrite? That is gross. I just, that just occurred to me. It. And now I hate you even more. So this is why I pay attention to, I don't hate her. It's yeah. fine, you know. But I, I, it's like, she really irritates me. And this is why I pay attention. When I don't like you. I'll listen, to, I'll listen to you even closer than people I do like because I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you and say something. I don't know why I'm talking like Sarah Palin. I'm going to get you, Megan. Uh, but you know what I'm yes. saying? All right. Bernie Sanders is running for president. I know Democrats aren't as passionate or as provocative as Republicans are, but that was No, yeah, Democrats aren't passionate. Or prov- sure, you're right. It wasn't a debate. They were all hand- handing it to Queen Hillary, and I, I'm not always a conspiracy theorist. I don't like, also, she's going to pejorative Queen Hillary. You're Princess Megan who gets to go on TV and just spout off whatever bullshit because your dad suffered and uh you know is is a senator like you haven't done anything and i'm not saying that she doesn't have her own accomplishments she does i'm sure Mm -hmm. she's not a she's not a total dunce she went to school and everything but the reason why anybody's interested in listening to her talk is because of her dad period it's not the case with everybody but it is with her but maybe debbie wasserman schultz pulled a bunch of candidates back and said she's the one uh give her whatever she wants we're gonna knight her tonight is it possible that what sanders said to hillary clinton in the debate gets her out of the benghazi mess maybe she can just go right over the top of that dismiss it as politics dismiss all the email stuff but it is politics it is politics. As we're recording, she's Hillary's at the Benghazi hearing, so mm-hmm. might have a little bit of an update about that. But guess what? It's nothing. It's not. A, it's nothing is going to come out of that. No. It's completely just politics. It and is ride politics. Onto the nomination. I, 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 but I, in counter to that, 
In a recent poll, only 32% of people believe Hillary is being honest about Benghazi. Yeah, a Fox News poll. You know why that is? Because if you watch Fox News, it is 24-7. Like, Hillary Clinton's a liar. Hey, did you know that Hillary Clinton doesn't tell the truth? That Benghazi thing? She's lying. She's to blame. Like, if you say something over and over and over and over and over again to the audience that listens to you, they're going to believe you eventually because they think you're telling the truth. And you're preaching to the choir. It's fucking stupid. And And then it seeps, and it's working to an extent. It seeps out into the mainstream where people are like, she's not trustworthy I, w- I forget where I was on the bus or I was eating dinner at a restaurant and I heard somebody oh it was yesterday I was at a diner overheard somebody say the phrase Hillary Clinton I don't know she's just untrustworthy like that's just a thing that you heard that's not your real opinion maybe maybe you do think she's untrustworthy and probably to an extent she is like all politicians are but it's like that is just regurgitating shit that you heard on TV mm-hmm. or you heard in the news and so you think that the way to talk like you're a fucking dummy and that all right. okay shocked so, <laughs> but there's a feeling that maybe she's gotten over the problem i think democrats want to make it go away i don't think kevin mccarthy's comments politicizing it helped at all but this is kevin mccarthy saying look at her poll numbers based on the benghazi committee like he, the guy that was going to be the speaker of the house kevin mccarthy mm-hmm. he made a gaffe in the first day that he was he was doing it b- saying essentially like the benghazi committee Look how people thought it was a farce, but like, look how it's hurt Hillary's poll numbers saying that's why they were doing it. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he made it seem like, no, we don't really care what happened in Benghazi, but it hurt Hillary's. So that's why yeah, we're doing it's it. Good. Okay. Not going to go away. Americans really care as long as no, Trey they Gowdy don't. Is in Congress, Americans it's not go don't away. care. Four Megan. Americans died. It breaks my heart. That Four they- Americans died. Name them. Name, Name them. them. Right. Chris Stevens. And then everybody always says, and three others. Name them, Megan, if you're so serious about it. We are politicizing this the way it is, but I, I don't know what to say. Americans still really care, and she can try and slither her way out of it all she wants, but it's never going to happen. And I want to see her go up against Donald Trump or any Republican candidate that's actually going to hold her feet to the fire. And I want to see a Republican debate host her because Anderson Cooper let her get away with a lot of stuff he shouldn't have. <laughs> shouldn't have. That vocal fry, that's, that's classic vocal fry. Shouldn't have. Uh, fuck, you know, it's like, what opinion do you have that matters in any way? Ah, uh, she's, she's, she's doing what she wants to do. And good for her. I mean, I'd love to be in her position. I'd love to be able to just go on TV and say whatever the fuck I want. You can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want now, but there's, you know, just the loyal Samsonites that are listening. Not a, not a huge audience on Fox News. Anyway, that's my Megan McCain clip. I really dislike her. Uh, Trump and Carson both threatened to skip the debate next week if it wasn't cut to two hours with opening and closing statements. What? Yeah, because they didn't want it to be three hours. Like, that's ridiculous. It's too long. Which You're running for the most powerful position in the free world, and you're worried about how long it's going to go? Of course, but because Cruz is there and Huckabee, they're right to an extent. Cut eight people out. Do a three-person, two-hour debate. Perfect. Okay. The problem with that is they literally can't because they don't know who is actually going to be the nominee because it's not going to be Trump. It's not going to be Carson. It's not going to be Cruz. So you got to leave the field open because who the fuck knows who's actually going to be running? Bush. Yeah. Well, I think it is going to be Bush or Rubio, like I've been saying this whole time. Yes. We're right. We're right. We're right so far. So let's see what happens. Both Trump and Carson asked for 24-7 Secret Service protection. They've been granted that. Oh, it will be. Uh, it will oh. involve about two hundred and sixty agents. So, like that won't cost a lot of money. To How do many that. agents? Two hundred and sixty each. Total. Total. Okay. 
because Hillary's being granted like a beefed up, you know, secret service as well. But Hillary Clinton has been a senator. She's been secretary of state. Of course, you'd expect that there might be a little bit more protection on her. And the emails. Well, yeah. And certainly the emails are a big problem. People are going to try to kill her over that. It's crazy. Trump has received, now listen to this, mm-hmm. what his campaign called, quote, unsolicited donations, totaling $3.9 million from 74,000 people, which is a good amount of people, I guess, donating a decent amount of money. I, I thought he wasn't taking. Well, that's why they're called unsolicited donations. Okay, so it's, he's not asking for money, but people have given him money. Trump has kicked in. Evan, I want you to guess on this. How much money did Trump kick in in the last three, uh, whatever, four months, three months? To his own campaign. Still he, nothing. The campaign nothing. that he's financing himself, right, supposedly. How much money did he kick into his campaign? Three million. Okay, Joey? Nothing. $100,779. Yeah, 100000 so, Is he really America? Is he really running for president? No. No, he's not. He's self-financing his campaign with $100,000. He spent... Listen to this, $900,000 on collateral with apparel companies for T-shirts, hats, and different souvenirs and stuff like that. That rat hat he had on was pretty good. Yeah, and you know what? Make That's great. what this is about. He's Selling about, hats? Yeah, this motherfucker <laughs> wants to sell some T-shirts. He's not really running. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hillary is ahead of Sanders nationally, 49 to 29 with Biden at 15%. When you take Biden out of the equation, which we will start doing now because he's completely out, she leads 58 to 33 Hmm. Also, she's up 38-34 in the first post-debate polls in New Hampshire. So she's overtaken him there, which he had a lead. He, Sanders is still up 40-34 to 34 in an aggregate of those polls, but that's not including a lot of the post-debate polling, which is yet to come out. So like we talked about last week, if, if Sanders' message isn't going to resonate and bump him up in the polls, then it's over. It's, I think it's over. I think she's on lock now, and, and I think, uh, you know, because Biden's out. So I think it's it's pretty much... It's in the bag for her. I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't see a way that Bernie is going to make people like him more here. I just don't see it happening. He, he said what he's going to say. He's getting donations. We have that, that money here, fundraising. Look, what, same thing happened with the, the Obama thing. At one point, it looked like Hillary was a showrunner, and you had the grassroots campaign. Maybe, just maybe. It's a totally different, totally different animal. Totally different animal. Because Obama Vermont. wasn't running as a socialist. He was running in a totally different... It's just a completely, That's a good different, point. It's a completely different animal. Uh, you know, It's a hard hill to climb for Bernie being a socialist, coming out with these socialist message. I agree with that. We've talked about it. I support him. I don't think it's going to happen. And it seems like the polling is going the other way now. The momentum is, is going to go back into Hillary's favor, and I think it's going to be very hard for Bernie to win. We'll see. I'd like to see it happen, but... I think Hillary's got it locked up. Mm-hmm. Fundraising, uh, and then we're, we're not going to get to this alien megastructure thing. We don't have time. Uh, fundraising, Hillary, $29.4 million, 80% of that over $200 contributions. Bernie Sanders raised $26.2 million, which is a ton. 77% of that small donations, 200 Fantastic. or less. So that's, that's good. That's a, gra- that's a real grassroots campaign. He does not have a super PAC. He's doing very well. Ben Carson was the big money raiser, actually, on the Republican side, hmm. $20.8 million, all right? Mm-hmm. So that's quite a bit, actually. Bush, $13.38 million. His right, so that's a lot from, like, individual contributions. His right to rise pack, his pack, mm-hmm. $103 million pulled in, has pulled in so far. So Bush has a shitload of money. 
the donors are going to flock to him and Rubio, yes. and that's going to be that's your ticket. Yeah, I, well, yeah, in some yes, it, it, it very easily could be Bush and Rubio, Rubio and Bush, or depending on how it plays out, whether they actually get a little you know at each other, it might be Fiorina in the mix there somewhere. But it seems like she's kind of fallen by the wayside until debates happen, then mm-hmm. she kind of shines a little bit. But yeah, it, it looks to me like it's going to be Hillary, Bernie. And Bush, Rubio, or Rubio, Bush. Now, I don't know if Hillary can actually take Bernie or he'd want to do that. I don't think that would happen. I I doubt Bernie would ever become VP. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyway, that's the 2016 update. Next week, we have the Republican debate, the third one. It's only going to be two hours, thank God, and we'll see. I'm going to take notes like I normally do. It's hard on a Wednesday night. It's very Mm difficult. Whatever. But I'll get it done. I talked to Evan you know, I might send him my notes. He might go through it and try to like vet it a little bit as we okay. go. And we'll see what happens. We're going to do a little bit less than we've, we've been doing. Cause it's just crazy with that many people. It's, it's very difficult to get through it, but we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll see what's up. Yeah. And I say that, but you know, goddamn well, I'm probably it's gonna gonna be have, three and a half. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a f- six hour podcast. Anyway, uh, we'll get to the alien megastructure thing another time. I'll just read it real quick. A star 1500 light years away displays a strange pattern of dimming. Okay. Okay. Planets will dim light by a percent uh, by a percent or two, and this one dips by like twenty percent, which is interesting. I have a quote from this guy, uh, Jason Wright. For, uh, he's a Penn, Strait, Penn State astronomer. He says, "Aliens should always be the very last hypothesis you consider." But this looked like something you would expect an alien civilization to build. Interesting. So it's it's a light that dims. Yeah, they're saying it, it can't. It's not a sun. It's like a star somewhere. So it's artificial but the, light. But they're saying – no, but they're saying that because of the dimming, it could be a, a big alien structure moves in front of it and it's like moving around or something. It's interesting. Who the fuck knows? It's probably not that. But I just want to put it out there because God let it be aliens. That would be fascinating. No, they're too no. far away to hurt us probably. No. No, you're not into it? No, because if they have a superstructure, I'm pretty sure they can get close to us. We shall see, Joey. Nanu, nanu, indeed. Uh, good job today. Uh, the rap was terrific. Thank you. I think you did a nice job with the Justin Trudeau stuff. Fuck up of the week. You're really contributing quite a bit, I think. More than uh, 10%? <laughs> yeah, is that, that bugs you? Yeah, that does bug me. All right, yeah, I think you're doing a nice job. Evan, thank you for uh, doing the camera work and everything. So if you guys go on uh, YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson, you don't like the way the cameras look, blame Evan. He was in control of it. Thank you for doing it, buddy. We appreciate it. Always. You enjoy the show? Yeah, yeah I like the banter. Joey was killing it today. MVP. Oh, MVP. wow. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the program. We, we love it. We appreciate it. Uh, you can go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can subscribe, follow on there, leave a comment on the track, uh, which we always answer. It's great. Mm-hmm. You can also go to youtube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can subscribe on there. I put up the full episode video um, and go check it out because I did this new intro that I, I'm pretty proud of. I think it looks pretty cool. Nice. You guys can can look. There might be a little clip of the Backyard Buddies in there. Did you really? Yeah, maybe oh, you'll have nice. to check it out later. Uh, you could do that. You can also email us, mandatorysamson at gmail.com. Twitter.com slash mansamp. That's how you can get to me. Twitter.com slash Joey from Jersey, J-E-R-Z-E-Y. You can talk to Joey on there. I'm also on Snapchat. I'm, I'm mansamp. Joey is Joey from Jersey. We are going to close the show with a Miley Cyrus song called Twinkle Song that I really enjoy. Mm. Uh, I love Miley. I just support her, although I absolutely hate the way she types on Instagram. and She she abbreviates everything and she uses a lot of Zs. It just doesn't make sense. What? You got something to say? (laughs) 
It's just, it's pure emotion. That's that's how it, it is. is. It's pure emotion. Good for her. Look, I I get what she's doing. She's smoking a little weed. She's enjoying herself. She's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff I didn't previously consider. Hmm. Thank you, Green Queen Marijuana. Weird way to end the show. Great. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We're gonna be back next week, and we'll see you all then. Yeah!